the other the other side of that that again it's it's just a, a pet peeve of mine really is the the sort of participation awards in sports you know i'm i'm a I'm, i i understand how we want to encourage everyone to take part but i also believe that we should be encouraging everybody to do their best yeah Lifelong podcast. I'm your host, Coach Molly from Three Pines Leadership. And again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for spending this part of your day with us here today. And it's Thursday, so I have another awesome conversation in the works today for you guys. But before before we get into it, before I introduce our really, really cool speaker, I want to tell you a bit more about why I'm so connected to this, this topic that we're going to talk about and the mission that this, this guest is taking this, the world on, okay? So I started out in public school, in high school. And after liberating the photocopier from the office and cracking into it to make free photocopying available in the parking lot of my high school, I was politely asked to leave. And so I did some research online and I found the wonderful world of alternative schools. And I ended up at this school that had 47 students, five teachers. We didn't have numbers on the classrooms because that created a hierarchy. We didn't have a hallway because that created a hierarchy. We had the blue room and the red room and they were all wonderful classrooms, each individually decorated off of a main gallery that was covered in student artwork. And in that gallery, we would meet together on a regular basis and we would make decisions on curriculum and how we would engage with the community. And it was just an incredible space, an incredibly powerful space for me as a teenager to be part of and to be given the opportunity and given the permission, let's say, to make decisions for myself and to say, hey, this is something I'm passionate about and this is a direction I want to go. It was at that school that one of our community members, one of the parents of our students, joined up and said, hey, I'm going to run a class. She was a college professor and she was working in social work and helping people with crisis management. So she came into our school and she ran this most amazing co-op class where we became student mediators. And we ended up being invited into high schools in our town, in our city, to help work one-on-one -on -one with other students. And it was in those moments, those wonderfully deep connections that I was able to make with my peers, even though they lived, you know, on the other side of the big city, it was able, we were able to meet one-on-one. -on -one, and that's where I realized that teenagers have such an incredible capacity to change the world. They have amazing ideas that come from their experience and their positioning in their social world as well. They have a perspective that we as adults have kind of lost. And so today I want to introduce you to an incredible guest who is helping to ignite that passion in teenagers and not only just help them light their fire and hold that light to the world, but he is helping them find that path. 
so that they can come from where they are right now to changing the world. So as we always do, I'm going to pass it over to our guest. So who are you and what do you do? Well, hey, Molly, um, thanks for that, that, uh, that wonderful introduction. Your story is, is amazing. My name is Chris Baker and I'm originally from, uh, from England, but now reside just outside of Orlando, Florida, where I've, I've worked for, for the Walt Disney Company for the last nine years, currently on furlough with them, but that has enabled me to follow my own purpose and passion, which is to, to help the teenagers to identify with their purpose, passion and strengths, so that they can choose a college and career path that, that not only that they enjoy, but that, they, that fulfills them. Uh, and I, I, the reason I wanted to do that is that I've had 30 plus years in the corporate world on both sides of the Atlantic. And one of the things that became increasingly apparent to me, uh, and, and even more so when I went into to coaching and, and training, is that there are far too many people in the corporate world that are disengaged. Right, they're, 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 not, they're not really enjoying their job, they're sort of stuck in a rut, or, or let's just say stuck, full stop, right, stuck period there. And, and they don't know how to get out of it, they, they don't enjoy their life. And so what happens is that that gets passed down generationally. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started looking and saying, well, where, where, how can I change that, right? I, my purpose is, is to change that, I want people to, to enjoy going to work. I, I can see the, the benefits for the corporate world because if people want to go to work rather than feel that they have to go to work, they're more productive, they take less sick time, they're more loyal. So it saves the, the, the organization's money, but it also is making them money on their bottom line. And as I tracked it back, I realized that it's the teenage years when, when that becomes lost. Because right, you, you look at, at, at children, right? children are our greatest learners, you know, they, they've got wild dreams, you know, as you explained in your story there, you know, that nothing's impossible, right? They, 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 just, they just go for everything, they've got no fear. And, and yet when they, they get into the teenage years, the generational pre-programming tells them that not to try these things because if they fail, that's bad, you know? or to, to worry about what other people are gonna say about them if they're a bit quirky or a bit off the wall. Yeah, and, and that don't stretch yourself there because you know, that you're not really good enough to do that. And so they, they get this anxiety, depression, their confidence goes down, they got low self-esteem. And very often they go to college just because they feel they have to. They're trying to live up to the expectations they believe other people have got for them. And so they, they choose a degree just to get a degree that's going to get them a job afterwards, but it's not really what they want to do, right? And then, <laughs> then what happens is that the, then the millennials and now Gen Zs get a bad rap from the corporate world because they say, well, you come in with all these expectations and you're entitled. You want, you want to get promoted, but you don't want to work for it. You job hop because, you know, you're always looking for it. It's not the millennials and Gen Zs fault right? It's, it's society that has created that, you know, so I need to bridge that gap. So, so my, what, what I do now is I, I want to, I want to help the youth to identify that purpose, passion, and strength, but I also want to help the corporate world to say, hey, you know, your, your employees now, it's not too late for them to actually still find that themselves, right? Like I have in, uh, I was 50 when I started this. 
And so to bridge that gap and eventually, you know, it, it will literally change the world. Yes, I am on a mission to change the world by inspiring other people to change the world with their crazy ideas. And I love that. So I, yeah. I want to circle back just, just briefly Sure. Disney, because Disney is such a wonderful place of inspiration for generations. Mm -hmm. If we're talking inspiring young people to dream big, if we're talking all the way on the corporate side to incredible customer service, like Disney is a place to be, but right. it's also a place of inspiration for adults. So I have to ask you this, what Disney character do you most relate with? Villain or hero? <laughs> what do I relate with? I was asked this the other day, actually, and um, I still, my, my heart still goes back to Pluto, right? And, and it, you know, people go, well, why? Because he never actually says anything, right? No, but he's, he's so optimistic. He's so energetic, right? And, and I think that's dogs in general. You know, I've got a Yorkshire Terrier, and if I go out, outside for 10 minutes, when I come back, it's like, I'm his long lost friend. He's like, where have you been all my life? And he's so excited, right? And that, that's how I approach life. You know, I, I, I'm a, um, an optimist, a positive thinker. I'm a solution-oriented thinker. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah, people present problems, I see solutions. And that's, that's again, just I see Pluto in that way, right? He's, he's loyal, he's energetic, but, and, and nothing gets him down, right? He always wants to, to keep pushing forward. And, and that's why I relate to him. Oh, I love it. I love it. So positive. My dog is the same thing. Even if I just turn around for a, a couple minutes and I leave the room, yeah. I, am the, I am so excited to see her because she's so excited to see me. Oh, I love it. Okay. So now I have another, another question. Mm -hmm. So if you were elected leader of the world or like king of everything, and you had the ability to make some kind of big change to the way that our systems work, the way that maybe our education is working, or maybe the way that we work with each other and re we relate mm -hmm. to each other in the sense of community. What big changes would you make if you were king of everything? Well, I, and one day I will be, Molly, but, but so for <laughs> now, this is good. So, so I think um, the, if we if we talk about education system but it's also the corporate world you know we're, we're taught what to think we're not taught how to think right we're, we're taught to be generalists and not to be specialists and and I would want to change that right I you know when, when I, I talk about my, my mission which is is as again is to, to help people identify their purpose passion and strengths right I talk about strengths and, and I've done this in my leadership style and coaching that you know, I want people to be in their strength zone, right? People work best when they're in their strength zone. They're happiest when they're in the strength zone. So why as a society do we spend so much time saying you need to improve your weaknesses? Why? You need to maximize your strengths, right? You need to work towards that. And yes, maybe you'll have one or two areas of opportunity, but your weaknesses, don't work on your weaknesses. Get somebody else who, around you who is good in that area. Right. And so that's how we that's how we, we maximize our potential. Um, and that's how I believe we would we would maximize the potential of the world right? by 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 utilizing that. And I say with the, the, the thing about thinking how to think rather than what to think. Again, that's just releasing the creativity that exists within all of, within all of us. 
we've all got unlimited potential and we need to, to maximize that. Now, again, that doesn't mean we'll, when I say maximize, it doesn't mean we'll, we'll reach the limit because I just said it's unlimited, right? But each day we should be looking to get better, right? And to, to spread that to other people. And, you know, I, I, I was um, a proud recipient in 2015 of the Walt Disney Legacy Award. And, and that's given for people that, that um, they're nominated by their peers for displaying the attributes of Walt Disney, which is dream, create, and inspire. And that's, that's what I want to do, right? I, I dream big, you know, I, I, create, I create all the, the, these things that I want to, to do, and I, I want to inspire other people to, to do the same. Um, and that, that to me would be a big change um, across, across the world. So if we did that and that became the normal way of thinking now, in a hundred years, what would the world look like? Do you know what? It's it's so it's so difficult to say that because if you look at look at like look back a hundred years now, right? Yeah. And you know, think of the things that have changed in that hundred years. You know, the the the, the way cars have, have developed, the way, you know, we've now got electric cars, how we've got solar panels, how we've got computers that we can mm. talk and and see each other and talk and and wherever you are in the world right you wouldn't have thought that a hundred years ago and and that's without this these things right that's without people being in their strength zones and 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 really utilizing the creative thinking so if we were all doing that it could be it would be totally different it, it's you know i can't even like imagine what it would look like um but everybody would be free, right? Everybody would be free to, to live the life that they choose. And, and therefore, there wouldn't be any war, there wouldn't be any conflict, because why would you need it? Because everybody's happy, right? Now, again, it may sound a bit idealistic, but so what, right? Why, who's to say that that's not possible? The only thing that says that's not possible is our limiting beliefs, yeah. right? So if we reduce our limiting beliefs, anything is possible. Love it. Yeah. So let's reel that same question back a little bit. Instead of a hundred years, if we teach one person, so let's, let's talk to Bob who's, who's 17 right now. Hmm? If Bob were inspired to, to focus on his strengths, to find his passion and all of that, how will his life change when, when he goes into adulthood? How does that look? Because parents, Parents out there, you need to listen to this. Inspiring your teenagers is going to change the world, yes, but more importantly, it's going to change your child's life. Right. So, so what do you think about that? Well, well think about, um, you know, I recently did a, a, a youth leadership summit in June, and I spoke to some teenagers there, and we, we you know, I um, spoke to some experts who work with teenagers all the time. And they would tell me, and the teenagers telling me that one of the reasons that they suffer from anxiety, depression, suicidal tendencies, which we, we tend to ignore, but they're real, right? very, very real amongst the teenage, um, teenage population. One, one of the reasons is because they're trying to be perfect. They're trying to live up to the expectations that they believe other people have set on them, right? That's parents and teachers and society in general. So, you know, I, I also have, uh, uh, have, um, have interviewed people that told me that they go to college and they, they don't know what they want to do. One, one lady actually told me that she let her brother choose her college degree for her because she didn't know what she wanted to do. Wow. 
So she went to college, she was doing that degree, realized she really didn't like it, ended up switching to another degree. I think it was a law degree because that's what her parents yep. wanted her to do. She really didn't like that either. And so by the time she was 26, 27, she, she was coming out of school with, with no idea of what she wanted to do with her life. Oh, and by the way, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Right? <laughs> so that would be one thing that would change immediately for Bob because Bob would know what he wants to do. He'd, he'd know his purpose, his passion and his strength. So he would choose the college degree that he wants to do. When he comes out of college, he would go into the work, workforce knowing what he's good at, knowing where he wants to be. He would have a higher level of awareness and skill set. So he's probably gonna enter the workforce at a higher level than he would have before, therefore earning more money. He's gonna get promoted quicker and, and guess what? He can influence others around him as well. So yeah, we just talked to Bob, but by the time Bob's gone through there, there's probably thousands of people, right, if not millions of people that have, have had a compounding effect of that conversation. Oh, I love it. It's so important to, to inspire that passion in young people, regardless if that passion is playing video games or if it's building things in the forest or mm. if it's being the best engineer possible because you always find those kids who are super, super shy. And they're like, how do you crack them out of that shell? Well, my friends, it's very simple. You help them find what they're passionate about. Right. I used to work with this young girl and she would never talk in class, mm -hmm. no matter what. She'd talk one-on-one -on -one with me, but the second another person walked around, absolutely not. She was quiet, so reserved. But six weeks into our program, I figured out what her passion was. And I don't even think she understood what it was. Yeah. Because once, she, once we started talking about that topic, she did not stop. She was so animated. She was so inspired. And the following weeks, she would come back week after week after week to excitedly talk about how she learned something new that connects to that passion. How now she's inspired to take a different class because that's going to help her build the skills she needs to get on that road to be that success that she wants to be. Yeah. My friends, it's igniting that passion. Oh, oh. So it's easy and it's, it's great to see. It's like the gold medal of inspiring your young people. But what kind of challenges does this require parents to change their mindset about? Yeah, definitely. It's, it, it, mindset is the word, yeah. right? Because again, the, the, the generational pre-programming has been going on for years. Yeah. Generations. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the, it's occlusion, the, the occlusion that, in the title. So, you know, I, I, can, I can relate to that myself. You know, I'm 54 years old now. And when, when I left school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do and bounced around for a while. And I was like that, that student we were talking about there. I was very quiet and reserved, you know, and it's only, it's only since I've actually started to understand who I am, learned to love myself for who I am, learned to live that, that I've, I've really opened up. And people look at me now and go, no, you weren't like that. I mean, yeah, I was. And naturally, I still can be. Right. If I'm if I'm in a room of people that, that don't know about personal growth and don't want to know about it, okay, I haven't got a lot to say. <laughs> so, yep. so I, I think the parents need to to again is to increase their awareness and and I want to make it clear that this isn't anybody's fault, right? I'm not blaming parents. I'm not blaming teachers. I'm not blaming the education system because that's developed to what it is based on what what's gone on before, right? We 
all of us, our circumstances are, are a consequence of decisions that we've made or have been made for us in the past. So it's not our fault. But that doesn't mean that, that we, we can't change it, right? Once you, we, we, all, we are all where we are and the best of our ability based on the, our level of awareness currently. Well, once your awareness increases, then you've got no excuse, right? You need to, to, to move outside of that comfort zone, that bubble, and, and stretch yourself. And so parents need to, to, to understand as well that their, their teenagers um, will, will copy what they see, mm. all right? So, you know, we can, I'm just, just writing actually a module for, for one of my latest courses on the art of connecting. And one of the things it, that's in there is that out, out of everything that people see here and, and, um, uh, and, and uh, read, 7%, only 7% is the words that, that we use, right? The rest of it is the tonality, the expressions, the body language, but also our actions, right? So we may be saying to our, our teenagers, hey, you need to knuckle down and do your homework because if you don't, you're not going to get on. And then we sit in front of the TV with a bag of chips and ice cream binge watching Netflix. It's a mixed message, right? You know, we may be, we're, we're in jobs where we, we're, we're not necessarily engaged and we're, and we're sort of going through the motions and, you know, we're, we're sort of celebrating hump day on a Wednesday and, and Friday, yes, it's the weekend. And then Sunday it's like, oh, no, I'm going back to work tomorrow. Yet we're telling our kids, hey, work hard and you'll get a good, a good, um, good education and a good job. But if we're not doing that ourselves as parents and role models, then there's a mismatch, right? So, so I think that's a big thing for parents is, is walk the walk and talk the talk, right? Don't, don't do one thing and say another thing because that's not the right message for your teenagers. They're going to copy what you do, not what you say, you know? And I think parents would relate to that because many of them will, will say, well, my teenagers don't do anything I say. And the teenagers will say, my parents don't understand me. Well, guess what? There's a breakdown in communication and it's connection that is needed, right? So, so understand, like you said with your student there, understand what motivates each other. Where, where are the hot spots? Where is the, 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 per, the purpose and the passion? And then basically light the torch, torch paper and let's ignite it and let's go from there. What kind, talking about connection, if our, our listeners right now are parents of teenagers who are listening right now, you specifically, and even yeah. earlier, even, these kind of conversations can happen with your kids of all ages. Set that Absolutely. example. But yeah. what is one conversation that we can give as homework to our listeners tonight so that they can sit down with their teenagers and start that communication and start that conversation going? I think it's, it's to understand values really is one of the things right and and i think as 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 adults you know we've got values and i've done this exercise with some private coaching clients recently and we've started looking at values and and i give them a list of 100 values and i, I say take it down to 25 then narrow it down to five but then tell me how you live in those values every day uh, i think that's a great exercise uh, and and people can do it Obviously, I've got a list and I do it with my coaching clients, but you can get a list of values off of the internet, mm -hmm. but, but take it and, and, and break it down. And then another exercise I've done with, with the coaching clients on that, on that basis is say, now ask five people that you know to do the same, but, but for you, 
right? So, so if I was doing it, Molly, it's like, you, you know, I, I'm saying to Molly, hey, take these values and tell me, tell me which five of those values I, you think I have, right? And then why do you think I've got those? And then you take all of those five and you look at yours and you start looking at it and say, okay, so maybe I believe that these are my values, but other people see different values. So what is that saying? Is that saying that I'm not portraying what I believe? Uh, and then you use those values to, to form the foundation of all your decision-making process in the future. You know, and people say to me, well, how do you do that with, with teenagers if they, they haven't really lived? Well, they still see, right? And they're still observing things and they know more than, than we give them credit for, right? Um, they've got a voice and we need to help them to, to live that voice. You know, one of the, the messages that I say to everybody, but particularly teenagers, is you are enough, right? You, you are enough, you're good enough, um, you're worthy, you've got everything you need within inside you, all I help you do is release that, right? Um, it's why my business is called Release Your Unconscious because 95% of our mind is in the subconscious mind, right, the unconscious. So if we can release that, again, our potential is unlimited. And those conversations can start and revolve around the activities that your kids are burying their heads in, for example. Like Correct. If they're watching movies, well, what is it about that character that you're drawn to? Yeah. Are you drawn to the hero because they're saving the day? Right. That's a great place to dive into values. Are you yeah. maybe laughing at the villain because you feel more in tune with that character? Well, dive into it, my friends. Those are the kinds of questions mm -hmm. that not only will you as parents find tons of information about your kids, you'll also start to uncover some stuff about yourself and can have yes. those conversations about how did you come to those values in mm -hmm. your life? What led you to those, those values? And sharing that experience and that journey with your kids is helping to lay the foundation. It's helping to lay a, a foundation of language so that they know these, these terms and these words and this discussion becomes normalized. And one day, I promise you, if you lay this foundation every single day and it becomes a regular part of the way that you talk in your households, those conversations will carry through your teenagers to their friends. Right. It will help influence who they're spending their time around because mm -hmm. that's how we're going to change the world with a movement, my friends. Oh, oh I love it. I love that's it. Because you know, Jim Rohn says that we become the average of the five people we associate with the most, right? Yep. And, and so, you know, again, as parents of, as parents of teenagers listening, you, you know, you may be saying, well, you don't want your teenagers associating with that certain crowd, right? And you, you know it. They, people influence other people intentionally or not and good or bad, right? So, so it's our responsibility to help our teenagers associate with people that are going to influence them positively. But we need to do that too, right? And, you know, sometimes as adults, you know, I had to make a decision um, a few years ago to sort of disassociate myself a little bit with people that were that were were influencing me in a way that that was that was negative, right? And um, you know, even with with inner circles, I have an inner circle of of, um, of folks, probably about four or five folks, right? That I would say they're my real inner circle that pull me pull me up and will help me. And if I've got any questions, I'll go and bounce it off those. And, um, you know, I tell people, my family aren't in my inner circle, 
and they say what and i'm like no because they're, they're not of the same mindset of me it doesn't mean that i don't love my family i do right but they don't understand where i'm from they they're they're, they're of that more of a closed mindset and again nothing against them that's pre-programming and that's the pre-programming that was passed down to me but it doesn't mean that we're stuck in that right and we we've all got we've all got the the, the choice to do what we want with our lives right and and if we if we choose to just go with the flow then guess what you're probably going to get to the end of your life and have regrets you know i would rather live with the fear of regret than live with the fear of failure yeah definitely and i think going back to what we were talking about before when we started talking about the anxiety and depression and just general difficulties in terms of mental health with young people growing up mm-hmm. i found from my experience so i'm like the beginning of the millennial generation, I guess. Um, I had a ton of opportunities as a kid. Tons. I was in ballet class and basketball class and ski, like tons of activities. It kept my mind busy. And -hmm. it also inspired me to try different things and showed myself my own strength. Awesome. And as I started getting into education and becoming a teacher, I started to see those opportunities declining there were less, less extracurricular opportunities, less yeah. clubs for kids to join, less activities for them to do. So what, do you, what's, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. It's, um, but it, and that's, that's where I get, you know, I think if, if, if kids are strong in those areas, we should be encouraging them to do that, right? Our, our education system basically is great at teaching us to memorize information so we can pass exams. Great. We don't do anything with that. So what, what's the what's the point? And and so, you know, a, a lot of um, a lot of kids will miss out on what they really enjoy and what they're good at. And and some of that is sports and those activities, right? So we should be encouraging that. You know, why why force somebody to do science if they really got no interest in the science, but they could be the next Michael Jordan? right exactly. and we're taking them away from that because they have to they have to spend their time and they probably have to work harder on it because they don't really understand it and don't enjoy it let's not do that the other the other side of that that again it's it's just a, a pet peeve of mine really is the the sort of participation awards in sports you know i'm i'm a I'm, i i understand how we want to encourage everyone to take part but i also believe that we should be encouraging everybody to do their best yes and if 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 you and I are going to compete in something or not even compete, we just turn up and we're both going to get the same award, whether, you know, you, you say we're running a mile, right? And I run a mile in 20 minutes and you run it in five minutes and we're going to get the same award. Where's your incentive to run it in five minutes, right? Um, and, you know, again, I, I hear stories that, that it, it wasn't like it when I was at school, but I hear stories now of sort of little league and so on where, the kids are playing and they don't even keep score yeah because they don't want to have winners and losers it's well why you know that's taking the passion away right and and so encourage that encourage that diversity of, of skill sets and diversity of, of, of uh, entertainment for the the kids to do let them do that let them live right and then they'll discover things that maybe they, they didn't even know they were good at but you give them the opportunity and suddenly it's like, wow, I really enjoy this and I'm good at it. Oh, I love it. We should be encouraging that. I was recently reflecting on um, 
TV shows, kids TV shows, let's be honest. So my generation was all about covering adults in slime. That was the cool thing. I, I, there was probably 10 different shows. It was all about slime. Awesome. Then I was watching, I think, some family channel or kids TV show recently. And there's a, there's the show American Ninja Warrior. And they have a kids version. And it was so incredibly inspiring to watch because mm. it was a, the first place I have ever seen girls and guys competing against each other for kids. Awesome, yeah. because at that age, there is no difference. Mm-hmm. It was inspiring to see, even though it was a head-to-head competition where there is a definite winner and loser, these kids high-fived each other, helped each other out, cheered each other on, but yeah. still recognized that I won and you didn't. Right. And I've, it was so inspiring because I have worried for years that the participation ribbons would end up giving us one of two extremes, either nobody cares and nobody wants to pursue their passion because there is no purpose to it. There is no Mm -hmm. award or the other extreme where we become so highly competitive against each other that we cut each other down in our pursuit of success. So do you think it's possible, first of all, um, that we can inspire a generation to, to reach for the top while bringing each other up at the same time? Yes, I do. Um, you know, it, is it is it going to be easy? No, I, but it's it's the there's definitely principles there that we can teach them, and, and a lot of leadership principles, right? So, there is team. I, I believe team stands for together. Everyone achieves more, yes. right? And and again, if you you think about it in in a, um, I mean, I'm from England, so you know, uh, football or soccer soccer over here is 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 a, obviously a big team sport where you could, okay, you, you could in certain instances have one star player who, who dominates, but generally it doesn't happen. Uh, so so my, um, my hometown team is Leicester City and they, they've always been a, a, an average team, sort of never really been, been that successful. But in 2015, 2016, they actually won the Premier League and, and at the start of the season, they were 5,000 to one odds to win it in other words they didn't have a prayer right it was, it, it was there was no chance and they didn't really have any superstar players but they were coming through and they had maybe three or four that you would say were were, were really good right? but the thing is they worked as a team so every single one of that squad and, and every one of the 11 on the field at that time all pulled together and you could see that camaraderie you could see that spirit you could see that when the top scorer scored a goal, everybody was happy for him. All right, even when he didn't score a goal, somebody else scored it, he was happy for them. All right, so yes, it's definitely possible. Uh, but it takes the, 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 the coach and, and it would be the parents and everybody involved in that to actually give them that belief that, hey, we're all in this together. And yes, we've all got different strengths. So let's go back to our strengths again. And we're going to mesh it together so that we pull together as a team. And yeah, there may be, there may be somebody, and, and, and even in an individual sport, yes, there may be somebody who's above it all, but the others are still striving for excellence, right? They're trying to be as good as that person up there. And they're wanting to, to grow and develop and, and to, to be the best they can be. And that's for maximizing your potential. I, th- I think someone agrees with what you're saying. <laughs> 
Uh, so I want to ask you my favorite question about leadership because, well, everyone has a different opinion on this one. So in your opinion, from your experience, does the leader always have to be the loudest member of the group? No. Um, do you want me to expand on that? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, I don't. I don't believe they do. I'm. Um, I'm not naturally loud. Again, speak, coming from England to 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 America, I'm definitely not la the loudest, right? Um, but I believe I'm a good leader, and other people tell me I'm a good leader. And and why is that? It's because I listen more than I talk, right? I was always taught we've got two ears and one mouth, and we should use it in that proportion, right? And and we've also got two eyes, so we should use those more, right? So, so seeing, hearing, listening, and then speaking. And one of the things that, that, that I do is I, I, I don't talk for the sake of talking. Right? I don't shout for the sake of shouting. I, 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 I'm, as, as a leader, I, I would say that, that you, know, you need to be that level-headed. You need to be seeing more than others, seeing before others. But, but be that that voice of calm and and the the um, stabilizing part of the team and then when things need to change when when you know when you need to sort of um, something's gone wrong and you need to make a change or you need to make make your, your stance known then you raise your voice and guess what everybody pays attention then Whereas those that are like the sergeant major types that are just all about them, bam, 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 they're just all that noise. How do you know when they really mean it and when they don't? So, so no, I don't believe that they they should be, and and I think they they should be pulling everybody up with them, but they should be meeting everybody on the the level they are, and and treating them the way they want that the other person wants to be treated to get the best out of them. Cool. Now let's circle back to Disney for a sec. Because yeah. I'm, I'm curious, what is the best leadership lesson you learned working at Disney or from Disney himself? So, um, I think from, from, from Walt Disney himself, I, I think it's all about people, mm. right? It, the, the, every, every business, the, the heartbeat of every business is people. It's not the product, it's not the premises, it's not the marketing, it's the people. Because if you take people out of any business, uh, what have you got left? Nothing. Nothing, right? Bricks and mortar or a website, that's it. Now, the people is, is not only the, um, the people that work there, but it's your, your customers or guests in the, in the Disney speak, right? And so you've got leaders, you've got employees, you've got guests, and then you've got business results. And too many organizations, too many people focus on the results. Right. Whereas, whereas what, what I believe and, and I, I believe what Walt Disney believed is that the behaviors is the thing you should be looking at. Mm. All right. So, so get the behaviors right. That will generate the, the actions which will create habits and the habits produce the results. Right. Um, so if the behaviors are bad, the actions are bad, the habits are bad, the results are bad. If the behaviors get better, then so do the actions, the habits and the results. So focus on the people. Right? And, and really, it starts with your customers, your guests, because they're the ones that are spending the money with you. Who interacts with them? Well, that's your employees. They need to be happy. They need to be engaged. And who, in, who influences them? That's your leaders. So everything comes back to the leaders, but it's having that common purpose and cause. And, you know, Walt Disney 
created that with Disney saying that we create happiness was the purpose statement, yeah. right? Yeah. And so whatever, whatever they do, that's what, that's his goal. Right? He didn't care about the money. Uh, he cared about making people happy. Right. And, and that's, that's the whole thing. So for me, the biggest thing is people. And again, that's why with the, the teenagers, the teenagers are people, right? We need to treat them that way. Right? I don't care about exams and a piece of paper, right? What are they, wh where's their passion? Where's their heart? What do they want to do? Who are they? And allow them to be free and to do that. Oh, I love it. What do you say to the teenager who's listening right now? Because I do have a handful of you guys listening. I know you're out there. What do you say to the teenager listening right now who feels like they can't step up and be a leader because leaders are titles. Leaders is the person who's at the top of the totem pole and they're right at the bottom. Maybe it's their first day that they've ever, they've ever worked or maybe this is the year they're deciding mm -hmm. to figure out what leadership means in their world. What do you say to them? Um, I, I, I can understand where they come from, but leadership is not a title, right? It, le leadership is a, is a behavior. And so, you know, I talk, and I've mentioned influence several times, right? And if you influence somebody, that means that somebody is following you, right? And if somebody is following you, what does that make you? A leader. So, so we are all leaders. Whether we've got it in our title or not, we're all leaders. And so you can influence other people. Right? You can influence other people, rightly or wrongly, right? To, to good or bad. And so take it upon yourself to be that role model, to influence other people, to follow you. Therefore, you're a leader. And that's how you will move forward, right? That's how anybody, how anybody gains it. If you look at um, Gandhi, for example, right? And going back in, in India, um, I'm, I can't remember the year that he was around there, but, but Gandhi mobilized like 2 million followers. He was a leader. He wasn't, he didn't have leader in his title, but he led 2 million followers, right? So, so you can do it as a teenager, just, just be yourself, let your voice be heard, know what you want to do, why you want to do it, have a dream and follow that dream and, and live it and other people will follow you and therefore you're a leader. Oh, I love it. All right, before we sign off, Chris, how can people get into your world if they are feeling the spark of inspiration? <laughs> well, I hope they are. After this, it's been a great conversation. But um, So I, I've got my, my website is chris-j-baker.com. Um, they, they, um, they, I also have a, a private Facebook group called Youth Leadership Development. So if you go on Facebook, look up Youth Leadership Development. Um, there's a, a you, you know... A, apply to join uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you in there. That's uh, we're working on, on that. Um, and on the website, there's various links and so on that we can, that, that you can do if they want to, I've got a, a free um, PDF on, on connecting and how, um, how are the benefits of connecting. And if, if you go to my website, chris-j-baker.com put forward slash connect C O N N E C T and you can download that free um, free PDF. It's a fairly simple one, um, but it's it's just everything is really simple. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it's simple to do. So, oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I'm inspired, that's for sure. And I hope all of you guys at home are inspired as well. Maybe you're the parent of teenagers or young people who are going to be teenagers soon. Or maybe you're, you're even just like a cool aunt or uncle or you have really awesome 
teens or preteens in your life and you want to help them ignite their passions, figure out what their strengths are and pursue their passions, my friends. Chris is the guy who's going to help you make that happen. Parents, I need you to listen to how important this is. Our teenagers right now are going to be the people who are making decisions in this world. When we are old and we need to lean on our young people, these are the people who are going to be leading us in that time. And if we don't step up now and teach them how to think for themselves, how to be forward-thinking problem solvers who are passionate about making the world a better place, we need to do this now, my friends. So head over to Chris's website, get yourself that connection guide and have those conversations with those young people in your life. I promise you that's how we're going to change the world, my friends. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for joining me for this episode. I'm Coach Molly from Three Pines Leadership. This has been another conversation with the Lifelong Podcast and I will see you guys again for our next episode. And as usual, my friends, from the bottom of my heart, I love you and be excellent to each other. Bye.